It's another beautiful day in Angels. You can cave. <laughs> this is my you can cave. I hope my jeans make it today. Let's see what it is. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. So today I'm about to go ahead and read um, James. I'm reading James 3 again because it was good. And I personally just feel like I need to read it again. Um, just because it's talking about the tongue. It's talking about working unto the Lord. It's just like, it's a lot. And it's really, really good. And I want to, I want to be able to have that. So, okay. Let's see here. Hold on. Um, I'm looking at good American. So there's a couple of things that we have today. I had to just have a personal talk with God this morning, just because I started smoking again. Yeah. I started smoking again. And, you know, I personally, I just don't like how my head began cloudy. Yay, my package will be here today about freaking time. My God, dog. So, um, you know, there's a lot of new things that I'm actually working on in my life. Um, just really in the areas of difficulties that I traditionally avoided or cut out or built a wall. And those things are relationships, um, consistency in my business, and um, really pushing myself to the next level in fitness and um, health and, and really building this fortune. And I'm at a point where in my life right now and in my business where I'm pretty much at a low. Um, been out of work for over a year, um, as of April. Yeah, this will be a year. I've been out of work for almost a year. I got, I just finished my MBA program, um, in March. I'm actually turning in the last of those documents today and I'm looking for work. Uh, so, you know, during this time, the pandemic has, you know, availed me some opportunities, but I'm not used to, um, living off assistance or living beneath assistance, okay? So I really want to gain access where I'm able to move a little bit more freely and I feel like I'm supposed to at this point. So um, these are just, these are have been struggles that I worked through all the small, smaller things to now be able to build up the faith, the strength, and the knowledge of the word of God to be able to fight through, okay? So here we are. And um, I just had to have a talk with God this morning, discussing my life with him, um, my life with him, how um, this looks, okay? Like it's, sometimes I revert back to things of the past like smoking and things like that to cope because that was the coping mechanism I used when you know I still believed God but I was you know it still was a coping mechanism okay <laughs> and so now I'm here and it's just like okay I have to pray Lord give me the strength to not only be a hearer of the word but to be a doer of the word and not to be hard on myself in the process but to just do the word and be gentle to me 
And in these struggles that I've had or that I'm facing now, I'm learning how to be gentle to myself. I'm like, I am desperately being gentle to myself. Um, And then on top of that, being willing to promote myself because I'm not gentle on myself and you know I seek to influence I seek to be in the spotlight and things but because I'm always looking at what I didn't do quite right or I can't put this out quite like that it hinders my creativity process it hinders it all and um basically overthinking y'all know what I'm talking about it's basically just overthinking but now you know as I'm finishing up today finish up finishing up some assignments today reading James 3 and meditating on that um I've been memorizing Hebrews 10 um just because I love the book of Hebrews and Hebrews 10 just seems so comprehensive to me so I'm I'm memorizing it in the Amplified version, but I desperately want to, want to read James 3 again, simply because it explains how powerful our tongue is. Like sometimes we don't realize that our tongues can make or break our lives. And the one person who hears our tongue more than anybody else is ourselves. Yeah. It's us. We hear our we hear our tongue. And we listen to it the most. We, it becomes in our thoughts and it becomes a building block, a foundational block, if we allow it to settle long enough and we truly believe that's who we are. That's the reason words and thoughts are so powerful because they become foundational blocks in our identity and makeup. And in that process, I've been, I mean, and in knowing that, I have been going through the process of consistently checking each foundational block in my mind, um, checking my words and saying, is this really what I want to say about myself? Is this really true? You know, like if you ask me, you know, I am, you know, just, I am fine. I know my words. I know all of these things. But then when I go back to the foundational block, I built my confidence up to say, yeah, I'm good. But why don't I act on it? Why don't I act on it? Well, I had to go through the phase of people pleasing. And that's the foundational block I'm hopping off now. People pleasing is almost equated to insecurities. You people please because you have insecurities. You want to match those insecurities and they can be matched very well when you are people pleasing because you're getting the approval that your insecurities need to to um, not flare up. But at the same time, those insecurities are keeping you in a place where you may not be able to flourish. You are not flourishing. The insecurities are flourishing, but you're not flourishing. And so that's that people-pleasing mentality is one of the foundational blocks I had to pull out and say, okay, I cannot have 
this block as of my foundation. I had to deal with my insecurities one on one by one. And one of the biggest insecurities that I have is comparison. I don't like when friends compare me, my mom compares me. I don't want to feel like, and that's one of the reasons why I'm able to be so comfortable with God is because I know he doesn't compare me. You know, he takes me as I am one on one. This is who you are. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about how you're in my kingdom, how much I love you. And that gives me a sense of security. But when I'm with people, I feel like I have to be something because they're always judging and comparing. But who is the ultimate judge? The ultimate judge is God the Father, Jesus Christ. He is King of all kings, Lord of all lords. He is everything. He is the creator. He is the alpha. He's the omega. He is the hands and feet of my life and I can speak and say these things transparently and be real because he is my everything and he is my judge and so I made people my judge i.e. I made them my idols it may be subtle but that's just what it is because I wanted to please them and I had to take that foundational block and you know shift it to just pleasing God. Like even with what I'm speaking now is just to please God. Because as a bona fide, I would say an ex-church girl, like seriously, ex-church girl, and just a bona fide lover of Christ, I'm able to say this with peace in my heart and not wondering like, oh, what this pastor gonna say? What's this 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 gonna say? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not my prerogative. My prerogative is to talk to you all and talk about the one that I love, which is God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. I love them. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's basically it. And now, let me read this. Oh, another thing. So I just recently got... Uh, what are these breast implants what are these breast implants um yeah I just recently got breast implants and I'm you know uh I think I talked about this I think I did but I just recently got breast implants so that's another reason why I've just kind of been like out the way and everything because you know well they hurt (laughs) they hurt they loosen up every day Um, the swelling has gone down. The swelling is going down. But for a minute there, I was like, oh my goodness. They felt like they were going to pop out of my chest. Oh, jeez. But, um, yeah. I am very happy that I got these breast implants. And I will tell you, uh, why. Um, I had... A cup saggy titties like they were a cups and saggy like you can only have one one problem either they saggy or they a cups you can't have both (laughs) okay and so really to be honest when I would wear clothes like my breasts were not even filling out the a cup bras that I had um yeah it was I mean they were barely filling them out and so I, you know, when you're wearing clothes and things like that, I have a very big bottom, butt, derriere, whatever you want to call it. And when I was filling out clothes, I mean, 
your girl has broad shoulders, big book bottom. And it just, to me, it just felt like when I looked in the mirror, it was just like, um, it just felt like I, like a Mr. Potato Head or something. Like Mrs. Potato Head. You just need to throw some titties on it and, you know, it'll be better. <laughs> you know, because I'm wearing clothes and it would just be drapey in the front. It would just be like the wind would just blow across my chest and then my butt, everything on my butt was just like fitted or tight. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, okay, let me just fill it out. So I didn't get anything huge or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I think I may do a video on that. But I didn't do, you know, do anything just enormous. But I did, you know, kind of like make sure to fill it out. And I'm very pleased with the aesthetic. My, you know, plastic surgeon who did this, um, I have two plastic surgeons. So the plastic surgeon who did my, my breast, you know, he just keeps commenting on, it's gonna be very beautiful. It's gonna be very beautiful. It's gonna be very beautiful. And I believe him because he sees breasts almost every single day. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm very pleased with the aesthetic um, so far, even with it being swollen. Um, I like how it's not overly big, and it's just there. But it did take me out for like a week, so this is my one week from surgery today, which is Thursday. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. All right, so let's get into James 3. <laughs> It says, oh no, we can't read KJV. We gotta go um, amplify. Quick story before I read this. So uh, I was going to this church and I remember I had a, I think I had an NIV or some kind of Bible. It was something that was like of easier reading to me. And I was, you know, I would faithfully read my Bible. And I remember uh, one of the deacons or whatever, not deacons, deaconess, I don't know. She was, a, they had all kinds of ranking systems in there. And so she came and brought me to the side and she was like, you know, oh, we were in like a group where people who were trained to be in rank, you know, this was where they were tra being trained or whatever. And so after the class, she pulled me to the side and she was like, yeah, um, you know, a lot of times it's best to read the Word of God in its closest translation, which is the KJV. And you can get more inspired by the Holy Spirit by reading the KJV version. And I took that to heart, honey. And I, you know, in my mind now, as I'm reading the Word of God in the Amplified version, it's just like, like now I just think like, what? Like, Angel, really? You talk, you know, if it's not talking life into you, if it feels, if it's not breathing life into you and enlightening your Bible study, which at that time it wasn't because I would fall asleep on KJV. I would be just really desperately reading. Let me read this. I'm going to read the first sentence of James 3. The first verse, excuse me. My brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. I mean, I get it because I've been reading this for a while. Now listen to it in the Amplified. Not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted censors and reprovers of others. My brethren, for you know that we teachers will be judged by a higher standard and with greater severity. 
than other people. Thus, we assume the greater accountability and the more condemnation. Hello, come on. And plus, the Amplified Version has cross-references in the text so that you can further study and you can get the Greek and the Hebrew words and things like that. So my, my, my point is you read the Bible in whatever way that is best for you. Don't let no don't let anyone tell you that the Bible is not has to be read in a certain way. My me being able to read the Bible in the amplified version, the NIV and the KJV has led me to want to know more about the Greek and the Hebrew words. You know, buy a dictionary, see what they were saying, get more into the history. Where were they? That's because I could understand it. So yeah. All right, so let's get into it. So we've already read first one where he's saying, he's saying that y'all are trying to be teachers and ministers and all that stuff. But honestly, uh, that's a great responsibility where you can receive a lot of condemnation if it's not taken well. That's the reason you shouldn't be out here just trying to do these things without the authority being transferred to you um, from someone. I mean, and there's apprenticeships in almost every profession. Ministry is not one, is not, uh, what is it? Ministry is not um, obsolete from that uh, requirement. It's not obsolete from that requirement. You still need mentorship. Um, I do not call myself a minister. I am a lover of the word of God and I share. I still have, you know, my faults. I am a business owner and this is what I love to do on a daily basis is study the word of God and talk it out. Okay. <laughs> so other than that, mm-mm, don't call me that. Mm-mm. And only the Lord, he can only. Mm-mm. All right. So for we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. Very true. And if anyone does not offend his speech, never says the wrong thing, he is a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. This verse stuck with me yesterday, um, because I read this yesterday, like nobody's business. When he said that if you're able to control your speech and not offend and never say the wrong thing, this is a whole and complete man. This is a person who has practice character has perfect pretty much perfected their character that means that you're not offend easily offended that means that you don't get easily angered that it takes a lot to curb your entire nature not to do to be so easily offended or sensitive or whatever the case may be he said if we set bits in the horse horse's mouth this is verse three to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies about. Likewise, look at the ships. Though they are so great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. Saying that basically, even though it's small, it definitely, that is so powerful. Even though it's so small, it has such an effect on your entire nature as a human being. It has an effect on your entire nature as a human being. So then speaking the word of God has an entire effect on the nature of the human being. Speaking the word of God and speaking God's promises over you, 
speaking God's promises to him regarding you, your family, and the other situations in your life is turning your entire nature. Now, going back to the context, he's talking about me controlling my mouth is perfecting my nature. Me controlling my mouth is perfecting my nature. That is crazy. Because I, I, th- I say it's crazy because I'm a woman who thought it was cute to be kind of like a salt, spoiled brat, sensitive, and, you know, have people kind of mold to my ways by just kind of being offended and people feeling like I can't do this and I can't do that. But now um, I'm, I'm like, Angel, let me talk some life into you. It's more alluring for a woman to be able to speak with power and gentleness than to speak with the spoiled brattiness in any situation to your children, to your mom, to your dad, to your husband, boyfriend. The gentle and powerfulness is more alluring and more and people are more receptive to it than any other situation. And I have to say that I'm learning that now, that God made me into a lady. He groomed me to be a lady. I'm not a little girl or a spoiled brat. Therefore, being sensitive and overly and easily offended is not being in the perfect nature of God. I'm able to hold my own, respectfully speak my mind, allow God to show me the things according to uh, without, uh, I can't answer this right now. Okay, so we're back. But I just, it's really a beautiful thing to be able not to be easily offended and sensitive as a woman because men were able to control our tongue and that gentleness and that powerfulness is necessary for the woman of God to move in this world. Okay, so. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it can boast of great things. How much wood or how great a forest, a tiny spark can set a blaze? How many times in, like, relationships have we said something and it just... Man, I know I have. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating and depraving the whole body and setting on fire the will of birth. The cycle of man's nature being itself ignited by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of of reptile and sea animal can be tamed and has been tamed by human genius, by human nature. But the human tongue can be tamed by no man. It is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable evil full of deadly poison. Mm. With it, we bless the Lord, the Fa- our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who were made in God's likeness. This is the part that so many people don't believe Christians are Christians. They don't because of this part right here. They look at us and say, how in the world can you bless the Lord and Father and at the same tongue turn around and curse me out? And this is the part where this is so important because James is showing us that if we don't, as Christ followers, if we do not take our voice, if we do not take our tongue and tame it 
to the word of God, to be doers of the warmer word of God by making ourselves whole in nature and taming our tongue. What, 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 what's the point? What's the point of professing Christ? What seriously, what's the point in professing Christ? You're doing a disservice to him when you're not making the efforts to do those changes. I had, look, I had to, I had to bite the bullet. Y'all gonna have to bite the bullet too. And the, the reason why I know that is what he's talking about, because as we go further, let, I, let me just read. Okay. Um, with it, we bless the Lord and father and with it, we curse men who were made in God's likeness. Keep that out of the same mouth come forth blessing and cursing. These things, my brethren, ought not to be so. He said it, didn't he? No, we don't need to be doing that, okay? Then he goes on and says, does a fountain set forth simultaneously from the same opening, fresh water and bitter? Ooh. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine figs? Neither can a salt spring furnish fresh water. It's either one or the other, and your tongue is telling it. Who is there among you who is wise and intelligent? Then let him, by his noble living, show forth his good works. That's the part. With the unobtrusive humility, unobtrusive, unobtrusive humility. Some of y'all need to hear that part. Um, which is the proper attribute of true wisdom. Honey, when I say that James came for us, and it's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Jesus, and he's definitely Jesus's brother. Okay. So he came for us because he told us, he said, y'all are, is powerful. A person of whole nature is going to have, um, be able to control their tongue. And then he goes on to tell us that our tongue uh, speaks both blessing and cursing. Shouldn't be that way. He goes on to tell us that our noble living, the way we control ourselves, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. And self-control is one of the biggest testimonies of Christ's walk in this world today. Self-control is it. That's the reason I love this chapter because in this world of hedonistic principles that live um, among the ethics and the morals, moral values, self-control is that defining factor because a lot of people look at Christians and what they're pointing out is not that we are, um, it's not that we believe God. How, what, who, what's the scripture that said that even the devils tremble and know that there's a God? It was here in James, but yeah, I think I'm about to get up to it anyway. But it's the fact that so many of our leaders who profess Christianity tell people to do X, Y, and Z, call for people to do X, Y, and Z, and so forth and so on, fail at self-control. The nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, self-control is the one that I focus on. The other ones are great. And the one above it all is love, but self-control is the testimony. All right, let's keep going. But if you have bitter jealousy, envy, and contention, rivalry, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not pride yourselves on it, and thus be defiance and a false to uh, and a defiance of and false to the truth. 
This superficial wisdom is not such as comes down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, animalistic, even devilish, demonical. For wherever there is jealousy, envy, and contention, rivalry, and selfish ambition, that part, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, undefiled. Then it is peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle. It is willing to yield to reason. That part right there. Oh my goodness. That was another part because willing to yield to reason. We are intelligent beings and we ain't that intelligent. Giving us a lot of credit. But we are we are smart people. Okay? We have a lot more data available to us. I'm not going to say knowledge. We have a lot more data available to us to make some um, empirical and, and data and empirical evidence to make certain decisions that our forefathers and ancestors did not have. So therefore, we consider ourselves to be more intelligent. However, <laughs> however, when think, talking of things that are supernatural, you cannot use reason because the only empirical evidence and data that we have is of this world. So when you yield to reason and you believe the things of the supernatural, you really do take yourself to a higher state because you are now becoming one with your creator. Let me rephrase that for the people who think we're gods. You are becoming um, more like your creator, okay? And assuming the identity that he has bestowed upon us to fulfill our purposes in this earth, okay? And, but you have to yield to reason in order to get there. Now, I'm not saying all reason, no. But I'm saying you have to, because we're still in this world, but I'm saying we have to yield to reason of things happening in the same manner that they will happen on earth. His ways are higher than his ways, than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yielding to reason helps get us there. To not get us there to have knowledge of how he does things, but get us there to have faith that we can trust him in how he does things. Okay. Um, I'm going to start verse 17 over. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, undefiled, then it's peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle. It is willing to yield to reason full of compassion and good fruits. It is wholehearted and straightforward, impartial and unfeigned, free from doubts, wavering, and insincerity. Okay? And the harvest of righteousness, of conformity to God's will and thought and deed, is the fruit of the seed sown in peace by those who work for and make peace in themselves and in others. That peace, which means concord, agreement, and harmony, between individuals of with undisturbedness and a peaceful mind free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Basically, we become peace givers. What a world it would be if all of us were just peace givers. Like he's explaining here as he described. Um... My prayer today is that we take from this that our lives 
are not our own, that we as Christ lovers, if you're listening to this part, you you love Christ, <laughs> whether you have announced it or not, you love Christ. And our world, um, as I mentioned in the beginning, can be sometimes conflicted with what we see and who we are and remembering who we are in Christ. But putting first our identity in Christ, being a hearer of the word, being a doer of the word. And today, this passage calls for us to be doers of the word. It calls for us to be Christ-like and self-control. And a lot of us who profess Christ publicly, this is something that we attain. I cannot define that. We, we seek to attain. And I cannot define um, Christ-likeness for you, but the Bible can. And a lot of things that are obscure, such as, um, you know, just certain things that a lot of us kind of, it could fall on either side. When we're, when we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and convict us okay yeah um okay basically as i mentioned at the beginning of this that i was still smoking and i found that it was was a coping mechanism for me that i was accustomed to um this has given me the conviction i want to say conviction this has given me the knowledge to know that self-control is evidence of my walk in Christ and I would much rather have the evidence of my walk in Christ than to have the high I think my jeans are finally here they are here they are here my jeans are finally here can you see that full circle God just did started off with stoner with no jeans from good american and here i am with jeans from good american and convicted oh, he's not even coming to my house look at this he, i have a package all right y'all <laughs> let me go ahead and get the rest of the day started i enjoyed this time with you 30 minutes <laughs> see y'all next time